What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Den Talks podcast is powered by DenAnywhere.com. You guys go to DenAnywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from. Plus, most of them are archived. So if you can't make the exact time, you can catch them later. We still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are. Go to denanywhere.com. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, the founder of Den Meditation and your host, we have Gal. I know we love having him on. Always the best. Always so insightful. This is a great and quick conversation because we wanted to talk about angels. Everyone always loves to know about angels, know how they work, how they're part of you. And he gives us some amazing insight. But more importantly, we have a workshop with him coming up Sunday, April 11th at 5 p.m. West Coast time, 8 p.m. East Coast time. Definitely join. It's a hour and a half workshop, and he's really going to get go through all of it. Angels, guardian angels, archangels, superheroes, and you know him. Everything is blended not only with his spirituality and archetypes. It's going to be based in religion and the Bible and Kabbalah and mysticism. I mean, he will hit this from every angle possible, which means your brain will expand and you will feel so fulfilled, not only spiritually, but I feel like you're going to learn so much. So if you've been wanting to understand how you can connect better with your angels, understand how they work, how you can communicate, how you can listen, this is going to be an incredible workshop. And always spending time with Gaul is a treat. So we will see you there. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy how he talks to us about it. And again, even this episode alone is going to blow your mind. I get my favorite on here today. I have Gaul back. Hi, Gal. No, wait. No, let me put the good mic. <laughs> this is why we like him. The quality is always perfect. Uh, Ooh, look, we, I think we both have the same mic happening almost. Yeah, the lentil, lenti, lentil. The lentil no, one. yours might be better than mine, but I do hear the difference. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, so when you emailed 
to do this class on angels. I was so excited. And I know so many people are going to be excited because I had been toying with the idea. I'm like, we need a workshop. I want to do a workshop on angels. And I just hadn't. And you are way better to do this than I. And I am so excited to actually take it. It's it's funny. Every night I put my daughter to sleep and I tell her, say hi to your angels for me because my daughter fights everything. It's hilarious. You know how they say kids come in with like the sixth sense and they know everything and most of us squash it. I'm like the opposite. I'm like, how can we embrace it? And she's like, nope, nope, no. So I always, every night I'm just like, say hi to your angels for me. And that's all I say. And every once in a while I'll check in. I'm like, did you talk to them? And sometimes she says yes, but I think she says that to appease me. But my hope is that as she gets older, one day she just will know they're there and she will start talking to them and using them as a source of guidance and safety and protection. And that's kind of what I tell her. So I would love to hear from your point of view a little bit. Um, I don't think, I guess from my understanding and from what I feel is, you know, everyone has angels, like angels are all around, but we all definitely have kind of our own angels, right? Aren't we kind of born into this world with our own angels? Talk a little bit about it. Cause I think it's so fascinating. You know, I think that it, it's, it's a really interesting subject because it's been popularized quite a lot and it's been used quite a lot for certain reasons. And angels have this ability, like any spiritual doctrine or any philosophy, to adjust itself according to the time. What will be fun in our class is that we're going to start off way, way back in the Bible uh, when the angels start talking to Abraham. That's the first indication we have. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the Nephilim. If you remember the sons of God that fell in love with the women um, in the earth, I don't know why they don't talk about the daughters of God falling in love with Maybe some daughters of humans and some men of humans. I'm sure it was the other way around as well. That's the first indication, the Nephilim that we hear about. But later on, when angels are actually called angels, a malachim in Hebrew, the word malachim in Hebrew, which is again angels, the origin, you go to Bible. Every you know tradition has its own heroes and heroines and and um, demigods and and mythological creatures. So if we talk about the Hydra, if we talk about um, any kind of like the Golden Fleece, we have to look into Greece mythology and see what are they talking about. When we talk about angels, we do have to go back to the Bible. It's one of the first indications of that beings. And when I tell a, a, a person angel, what comes into your mind usually is a, a white beings, most likely with wings and maybe a halo. That is not how the Bible saw it, which is the origin of the story. It's almost like saying, "I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a movie about Superman, but he's not gonna have the big S here, and he's not gonna have a cape, and he's not gonna be called Superman, and he's not gonna be able to fly, and actually." He's not that strong, okay? You can do that. But if you want to see the origin, go to the comic book and see what Superman entity or archetype is all about. Same thing we do with the angel. And you, uh, you see that when in the Bible, the angels are mentioned with Abraham, Lot, if you remember, they were very human. They were walking. They were talking. They had no capacity to fly, not that we know of. They didn't have any wings. They were just people. So much that in um, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, if you remember, they wanted to know the guests of Lot that happened to be angels and to know in the Bible it means to have sex with them, you know, and that's when Lot offers very kindly his daughter instead of the angels. Why don't you take my daughter? She's more sexy and leave the angels alone. So we know that angels need protection in a way they can be hosted. They need to 
be fed, and some people find them very sexy. Okay, so <laughs> that's the origin of it. Later on, what we see is that because of influence from the diaspora that went to Babylon and encountered their mythological creatures that did have wings, that suddenly when Daniel is talking about angels and he's already on the cusp between the Babylonian Empire and the Persian Empire, Already, he's talking about angels flying to him. And that's the first indication we have of the name Gabriel, for example, the uh, angel that helps interpret dreams. So we see that angel like us evolve. And then if you look at the middle in, in the Middle Ages, uh, the angels look completely different. They're two-dimensional and very kind of scared. And then you move towards the Renaissance and suddenly they're chubby little kids. If you remember the cherubs, the, the, cherubs, <laughs> the cherubs in, in Hero Cheruvim are supposed to be the fierce, fiery creatures that protect the ark. You know, not like chubby little babies that uh, um, are in uh, Valentine's uh, greeting cards. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what we see is that humanity dresses that energy of angel according to what it needs. And in the 19th and 20, 20th centuries, sorry, 20th century, we started putting on our angels capes and put them in tights and tell, the, tell us that they were partly made of spiders or that they're very, very wealthy and connect to bats and that they come from uh, another uh, civilization, Kael. If you remember the name, the original name of Superman, it has the word El in it, like Gabriel, like Uriel, like Michael, you know. Um, so El is the, the god in a sense. So you already see that connection between Superman, one of the origin superhero, and the angel, because they can fly. They're very strong. They're very good. They sacrifice themselves. They love humanity. So that is what how we're going to approach our attitude. It's not like, these are angels. These are their sites. These are their names. This is what they're in charge of, because you decide what they are. And yes, when you are born, you're born with... Um, let's say a fragment of something divine, let's say a, a spark of God, like they talk in Kundalini, that you have it in the tip of your uh, spine. Uh, that idea of all of us having a divine spark in us is manifested in or outside of us as the, as the angel. You can call it the guardian angel. Even in the Talmud, they tell us that every blade of grass has an angel above it, calling it to grow, cheering it to grow. I mean, think about how beautiful that imagery is. Something like a grass that you cut, do you mow, <laughs> that you step on, that your dog does his uh, thing on. It has an angel. So your dog just pooped on a bunch of <laughs> angels. You know what I mean? It just oh God, My dogs are doing a lot of damage every yeah, day. Yeah, that's why you have to pick it up after, because <laughs> otherwise you have problems with angels that are very angry. So the idea is that everything has a spark of God uh, cheering it and, and, and asking it and, and, and there to grow. And all of this is based on the idea of oneness, because even in Isaiah 43, we have this beautiful verse uh, that, by the way, the name, call me by your name, the movie, call, you, call, call me by your name. If you remember, that was a very beautiful movie from a few years ago. That's the sentence. Basically, God says to us, I will call you by your name. We talked about it in the class of the name. And that basically God is with us everywhere. When we drown, God is drowning. When we're burning, uh, God is burning with us. Uh, when they uh, put us in jail, God is there with us in the cell. So the idea is that the angel is an extension of that oneness that is more personal because God is all one. It's one. But then we have our own guardian angel. It's almost as if it's a compromise between that aspect of oneness and the aspect of, but what about me in that oneness? 
And the idea behind the angel is that it's really some form of your higher self, what in psychology term they would call mm. your higher self. In physics, we're thinking that maybe it's neutroni, that particle, that's light particle that we now know have actually mass and that is more abundant than any other particle. And they literally, it can go through the earth, it goes through us. And they say, even in Kabbalah, they say that when we're angel created, when God said, let there be light. So what are angels? Light particles mm. in a sense. You know, so every time you say, I connect to the light, you connect to that medium because God is not light. God is everything. But light, you can say, is the idea of angels. So what we're going to do in the workshop is not only talk about angels, but see if we can figure out by who you admire and who you like as your personal hero and heroine, that they could be the link of being able to imagine and conjure the image of your specific angel. So is it that you can manifest and create the angels that kind of work with you it's kind of like you can direct and create the energy or you can connect to the energy that's already there through hints of knowing your affinities yeah the second because it's almost like can you manifest your aura can you create your aura no your aura is your aura now you have to learn how to view the aura that's always there and then you have to do your yoga and then you have to put yourself in front of a white wall and try to look at yourself blah 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 you know so it's like it's almost like your higher self is there, but through a lot of therapy, maybe the psychologist can tap you or connect you to your higher self. I also think that there could be a situation where what we call angels are really our future lives, where we are about to attain enlightenment and we come to help us. You know, even they say when the Buddha attained enlightenment, he could see his whole of his reincarnation as a goat, as a pig, as um, whatever he was going through. So imagine you're sitting there under your body tree, if there's trees up there, or um, you're in hiking right when you're about to get enlightened in your future lifetime. When, you know, there is no future lifetime. There's parallel lifetimes. We talked about it actually in the Den Meditation when we do the past lifetime regression. And it could be that when you need a, a, a jump, when you need a jump a, a kick, when you jump a jump start, when you need to reboot yourself, you summon yourself, which is about to attain enlightenment, and asking for a favor just before you turn into the light, just before you become an angel yourself. Can you give me a clue? And then you might appear in front of yourself yes. as an angel, because we have been programmed to think that angels help us, not knowing that a lot of time it's us. Same way that when you see a lot of aliens there and spacecrafts, they could be earthlings from the future, traveling in time, trying to understand what's happening right now. So all these alien invasions could be us from the future invading us. That's the same idea. That's so interesting. It's almost like saying the future version of yourself is already, is basically your angel. And it's like mm -hmm. you're helping yourself. And so the more you can go deeper in the, your own journey of uncovering all your layers, the easier your communication with that will be. Of course. And it could be that along the way, the angels helped you get to that point where you can be angelic to yourself. The same way that when you're going to university, the professors are helping you do your BA, your master's, your psychology, your, your, your uh, doctorate and your postdoctorate until you become a professor yourself that can help other students. So until you become might an be angel. Precisely. That's so interesting. And then it's, I mean, then you can get into the mind bender of like the constant cycle. Mm -hmm. um, how do you use your angel or angels? Do you, do you look at it as more than one? Do you look at it as one? You know, I think that quantity names, all of those things are less important. It's almost like how many friends do you have? 
Um, <laughs> well, let I me know how popular are you with the <laughs> angels go. Come on. This is your moment. So, <laughs> Spill. You know, and I th- a lot of people get stuck about their names. And if you don't know their name, you can't call them. You know, it doesn't work like that. If you have a friend, even if you don't remember their phone number, you have ways to connect to them. You know what right. I mean? The same thing with angels, because I think that we have that when we're kids. We call them, uh, how do you call them? We call them imaginary friends. They're mm-hmm. not that imaginaries, but they're definitely friends. And sometimes when we're adult, we look back and fantasize about that time when we had imaginary friends and think that our angels are like our imaginary friends. So the way I like to work with it is sometimes in my meditation, I try to imagine a little tingling in the back of my head, my, my back shoulders, you know, the, and trying to imagine wings growing from there, you know, mm-hmm. and then me connecting to that angel that way you know, by juxtaposing myself into an angel. Or sometimes there is a meditation. We actually did it in the den. Um, in the, I think it, I don't remember what it was. When you imagine two angels, your masculine and your feminine, your yin and yang energies. And I like to work a lot in that sense of having an angel that I always recommend people to, to imagine the angel looking like them, but in the best day ever, you know, <laughs> but more, a little bit more masculine. And then the other angel like you, but if you would have been a woman or the opposite sex, you know, I'm not talking about dressing yourself in drag and all that kind of stuff, not overdoing it, but imagining an androgynous version of you, which is more masculine, an androgynous version of you, which is more feminine. And you can imagine them wearing white, wearing whatever color or white. It doesn't really matter for the angels. And then you imagine them in front of you. And then I like to bring them back and kind of put them in my body, in a sense, allowing them to possess me in a sense, to get into me in a way. And then I wait for uh, the inner voice basically to um, to do its work. And sometimes your angel might uh, uh, make you not go on, into the car today because you're supposed to have an accident, you know, or it might make you turn left, even though Waze insisted that you turn right, turn right, turn right. But no, the angels are telling you turn left and you avoided an accident. So it could be that you could work with the angels by bringing them into you uh, to help you make the right decisions. Do you remember a specific time for you that that angel came in with a very strong inner voice? Do you remember a moment? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. I remember I talked about it because I did the same class in Bulgaria. The first time I class I did in Aust- about angels was in Bulgaria. It was a while ago. And I remember that the lady in the TV asked me the question. And I always answer honestly, even if it's TV. And, and I said, yeah, I remember it. I was like about 12 years old, 11, 12, very difficult time. I was uh, in Israel at that time. Very, very challenging time to say the least. You know, people, teenagers, I don't have to tell you the rest. It's not fun. So, um, yeah, it's not fun, especially if you're imaginative, you see things that are not completely there, you hear things. Talking your angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the angel that came to me was this guy. And I remember it very clear. It was very vivid. He was uh, not the typical one. He was shirtless, wearing gray jeans. He had gray skin because I remember he was shirtless because he had gray skin. And he was kind of um, standing there on the door, on, on the wall, uh, very James Deany, even though I didn't admire James Dean at that time, but he very much was the James Dean kind of vibe. And he was smoking. And I don't smoke. He was smoking. And I was like, I don't get it. I mean, an angel without wings, gray, and he's smoking. I mean, Okay, I mean, I understand the James Dean vibe, but this is a little bit too much. And he was actually really talking sense to me. He was a little bit um, cynical because I think at that time I was cynical. And that's what I that's when I've learned that angels communicate to us the way we can hear. So if you're a cynical kid, the last thing you need to hear is, 
come and let me hug you and give you the grace of God. I mean, get away from me. I'm kind of depressed. The last thing I need is a hug from an angel. But if this is an angel, it's being a little bit hard to get. And he's smoking, which is kind of weird. And he's very cynical. He, he touched me. I started listening to him. You know what I mean? That's what I needed then. Today, if he would come, I think I'm going to tell him, take off your cigarette and go someplace else, bring somebody else, you know. But at that time, it did. And it really helped me lead my life in a very, very challenging time. I wouldn't, I would say as much as even maybe helping me um, prevent doing crazy things that I shouldn't have done, which I didn't. Like what? Uh, deciding that this is a little bit too much for a kid and I need to get away from here you know, let's say bluntly. But yeah. I think that he saved my life. If you talk about guardian angel and sometimes the angels guard us from ourselves. We always think that they guard us from outside. Do you remember the last time you spoke with him? I think that after that, it wasn't so much speaking. It was more like, um, like I do today. It's more like a, a loud voice. I call them loud voices or slow voices. They're not so much talking necessarily involved. That's I love I love also what you said earlier about kind of the names and the numbers because I feel like people you're right people get into this weird competition of like well I know my angels or these are their names and they're always here and blah 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 and I do I think it makes people so nervous it's kind of like when you have them go through meditations I know sometimes mine they're like I don't feel like I did the meditation right I'm like there's no way you didn't do it right like mm -hmm. there's no way you're gonna see it differently hear it differently feel it differently you might just intend for it to be there you might just imagine it. It's, you know, but then, you know, when a lot of people are always like, oh my God, I saw this and it was mind blowing. And not that you don't have those experiences, but I feel like sometimes that makes people really nervous that they're either quote unquote, not good enough. You know what I mean? Like they don't have the skill set to be able to talk to these angels or to even have any, um, it puts these kind of layers of status or skill sets, which have nothing to do with it. Of course, it's basically people who are putting ego inside their angel pursuit. So suddenly they're expert on angels in the sense that they know their name, they know what it means, you know. but this is ego. Angels don't have ego. They don't have names. Yeah, we call them Michael and Gabriel, but that's in Hebrew. Who said that that's their name? They say angels speak Hebrew. I don't know if that's true. Hebrew came from Aramaic and it came from other languages. You know, our alphabet came from Phoenician. I mean... This whole thing that angels talk in Hebrew and that's the old language and that's the language that Adam talked in in um, heaven and hell. I mean, this is a collective ego. Ego can come also to tribes and to people. I mean, that's what causes nationalism and, and terrible things like that. I don't think that's so important with angels. And I think that what uh, we do is we dress God uh, with human traits. God is revengeful. God is wrathful. No, God is pretty chilled, I think. I think he doesn't have that necessarily emotions that we project on them, you know, jealousy and revenge. I mean, what kind of God has that? So same thing we do with our angels. And I think it's always good to keep a little bit more aware of the idea that whenever you do anything with intuition, mysticism, that all comes from the one and back to the one. Try not to stay too much away from the one, you know. I remember even when I studied these things in Mexico, uh, when I was uh, introduced to Kabbalah and astrology and yoga, even Kundalini yoga in Mexico, it was in uh, 94, 95. I remember that I belonged to this lodge and they used to work a lot with angels, literally rituals with angels and invoke them and all mm. that. And one time the uh, guy there, the teacher that became my friend, told me something really interesting. He said, you know, sometimes uh, the difference between our lodge, it's called lodge, it's a place that you do 
ritualistic meditation, basically it's called. Um, when you work with the light, he says, let's say you invoke the wrong angel to the wrong uh, uh, direction of the air. You know, Raphael, you put in the south instead of the east. What will happen is, he, and he says, people that can see entities, they, they correct themselves. So even though I invoked Raphael to the south, which I shouldn't have, I should have invoked Michael. Michael goes and, and changed location with Raphael, you know, like a good actor does. Oh, the, the director made a mistake. Okay, he really actually needs me over there. And so they move, not make sense. He says that lodges that work a lot with demons and negative entities, if you make a mistake there, the, uh, the negative energy basically dis destroys you. Sickness, depressions, and stuff like that. And I think it really is what we're all about. Because, for example, in Kabbalah, a lot of times they ask me, do you work a lot with angels? And I say, with Kabbalah, I don't do that. And, and I'm not that interested in all the names of the angels and what they're in charge of. Because automatically in the same book is the demons. So when you talk too much about angels and give them so much um, names and all of that stuff, mm -hmm. then you automatically invoke the dark side of it. Because then you fall into duality and you stay away from the one. So thank you very much. I would like to talk. I, I would like to work with angels as entities of light and therefore not be so... Uh, precise or, or definitive about their name and their ego, because I'm less interested in that, because I don't know if it's angels or just entities that we dress as angels, because we're now in the game of demons and angels, you know what I mean? Dungeons and dragons. So you could do that, and it's kind of entertaining, but a little bit more dangerous, I told you, because then you move into the darker side of these entities, which is uh, demons. And, and, and what is demons? concentrated collected fears that have assumed the name and an ego and start transferring from one person to the other. It's like a virus. Now we have a virus called COVID-19. It passes from one person to the other. It's a little demon. So interesting. Do you, I mean, you probably haven't seen it, but there's that new Disney movie out, which is Raya. And I think it's the seven magical dragons. And, you know, mm -hmm. Disney always does an amazing job of putting like insanely like spiritual stuff. And it's true. They have these things. I think they're called the drones and they're just this energy that comes up and like turns anything in front of it to stone. It's just really bad. It's taken away the light. It's taken away the water. And it's basically what they say. It's like collective negative energy that's mm -hmm. become just like an, a negative epidemic based on our own thoughts. It's just fascinating. Precisely. Yeah. And you know, Disney's always on it. It's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's not Disney, but I recommend for people who have kids be before Passover, that's coming up, uh, uh, when is it coming? Saturday. Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Saturday, Sunday uh, to watch Prince of Egypt. The Prince of Egypt is a really good uh, retelling of the biblical story of Exodus. And it adds a lot of uh, parts there from Christian and Muslim uh, ideals of Moses. Really recommended that uh, and so let's talk about it. So, because I know I don't have you for much longer. Your class is April 11th, 5 p.m. West Coast time, 8 p.m. East Coast time. And obviously, wherever you are, come on and join us. Um, it's a new moon, too, correct? What's Yeah, is, it's yeah. a new moon um, in Aries. And the new moon in Aries is always very auspicious because it is the beginning of the month of Nisan. And the month of Nisan in the Akkadian tradition, Sumerian, Babylonian, is the month of miracles. It's the miracle mm. of spring. That's why the word Nes in Hebrew means miracle. And Nisan is the month of miracles. So it is a very good time to work with your miracles, to work with your angels. And 11, of course, happens to be a master number of the one looking at oneself in the mirror. So 11 is a master number. So we hope that your angels will 
you know, be guiding you towards connecting with them, especially on that day. So it's good to do that workshop specifically on that day. I love that. And it's your birthday coming up. April 15, tax day, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Tax day. I know, a good old Aries. I'm so excited for this. Per usual, everything you say is always brilliant. And thank you for constantly educating us and helping us all to grow. I appreciate it so much. And I, and again, I always love your take on everything and you always just, I don't know, you get rid of a lot of the bullshit that surrounds a lot of stuff. And for that, I am eternally thankful for you. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Daniel, of course, and his den of lions. So I think that it fits very well for the den meditation because that could have been one of the first dens uh, that somebody did a meditation, even though it was a den of animals and a den of lions. But remember, the angel protected Daniel uh, from the lions, and that was the den of the lion. You know, Daniel and the den of the lion. It's like a lot of gospels about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> keep going go oh. keep singing <laughs> no i love that it's also the cat is just i always find such a mystical creature and then the lion mm-hmm. too and just the intelligence and the eyes alone every time i stare into like a cat's eye well you know you now have your cat yeah he's always now hey banga banga he's just looking usually he answers banga boom uh, he sits now on the on the Clientless chair in my office. <laughs> it's like it became the cat chair in the last year. It's now his. He's never going to like it if it cha- if it changes. Oh my god, he's going to eat them. Yeah, <laughs> he has totally become yours. I love it. It really is amazing to watch what has happened with you guys. Yeah, he's he's, he's a character, but he's a Capricorn. A cat who is a Capricorn. It's my first time with a Capricorn. That that's probably. I mean, I feel like a Capricorn personality fits a cat. Yeah, he talks a lot. He complains a lot. <laughs> he wants food all the time. It's a very Capricorn. He wants food. He wants food. He wants He's hungry. Food. He wants I get food. that. That's funny. So April 11th, yeah. 5 p.m. West Coast time, 8 p.m. East Coast time. Join us from anywhere, anytime. Let us know. You're always amazing. Enjoy your full moon this weekend. Yes. And Enjoy Passover. the full moon and Passover and Easter on the 4th of uh April, it is a time of liberation right now. That's the most important thing. Uh, This is the month right now that we're entering of liberating yourself from whatever Pharaoh or whatever oppression, Roman occupation, uh, you know, slavery in Egypt. This is the theme right now of coming out of the dark into the light from the winter into spring, from oppression into um, your full potential, from your clutches of the ego towards your higher self. That's precisely the story of Passover. That's why we wanted to do it very close to uh, these holidays. And on a bigger astrological side of it with that theme, but coming out of COVID this versus last year, do you feel Mm -hmm. like those themes are more pronounced in the chart right now? Do you think that is more you do? Definitely. Yeah. Because from May 15 until July 27, we're going to have Jupiter, the planet of um, the expansion and opportunities moving into Pisces, his own sign, and it's going to be much easier for us. And when did you say May? May 15 until June 27. All right. So we can all get ready for May. Yes. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for doing this because I know, you, I know you've got a ton to do and I know you're on your way somewhere. So I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And I'll see you guys. Have a great Passover, Easter, or whatever you celebrate, as long as it's happy. You too. Thank you so much, Gal. Bye-bye. Bye.
Head Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.